We've got yet another entry in our ongoing series on women's wrestling, but this one's special. See, this match was the very first episode idea I had back in, yikes, 2016? It was also the first demo episode I recorded, a relic that is lost to time and probably for the best. It's also all about the best match I have ever seen live. The year was 2015, and I was getting into wrestling in a way I never had before, thinking about it more deeply, analyzing it more earnestly, and writing about it successfully. And as my fandom was reaching this new level of intensity, so was a little promotion called NXT. They were shining a spotlight on their developing talent, both men and women, and as they grew as performers, they challenged preconceived notions about what mainstream pro wrestling audiences liked and cared about. And on August 15th of that year, I was at the Barclays Center for the very first TakeOver Brooklyn. The final match was Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens, but for me, the real main event was the women's championship match. Bayley was a lovable underdog who needed a win. Sasha Banks was a bully of a champion desperate to stay on top by keeping others down. Sasha was being called up to WWE's main roster, and this was Bayley's last chance to defeat her tormentor. It's the oldest story in the book, and it was executed to perfection. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's Bailey versus Sasha Banks, the oldest story. There's there's one thing that's on everybody's minds these days. You know what that is? No. It's Avengers Endgame. I've seen it. Yeah, it's a good movie. Let's talk about that for an hour. Let's spoil it. <laughs> hey, listen, everybody. There's this weird part where, and this is a spoiler, so if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame. You're actually going to spoil this? There's a part where, during the big climactic battle, yep. uh, Thanos shits himself a little bit. Yep. And and he shits his pants. Yeah. And it's really out of character for him, but he, like, asks everybody to please stop fighting for a minute so he can go change his pants. It's really nice of him, too. Yeah, yeah. and the weird thing is everybody does. They're really respectful. Yeah. And then uh, he goes and changes his pants, and he comes back, and the whole thing happens in real time. And everybody just sort of waits while Thanos uh, goes to the bathroom. And it takes him a while because if... Uh, he's not from, he's not from here. No. So he didn't know where the bathroom was. So he's kind of like asking where the bathroom is mm-hmm. and it's taking him a while. Like, because you know, some places don't let you just come in and use the bathroom. Starbucks. Right. And Starbucks won't let you come in and use the bathroom. Anymore. And the thing is, uh, he doesn't have earth money. So he can't be like, I am a, I am a customer. Sure. I've come to drink your coffee. That's not a good Thanos impression. No, it's not. This bit was a mistake. I let you. I let you. I let, <laughs> let you do it. You let me dig my own grave, and yeah. I appreciate that. Speaking of graves, people die in Endgame. A lot of people die. Every character dies, which is weird. It's true. You know, Avengers: Infinity War ended with half the characters dying, and in the very first scene of Endgame, the other fifty percent of the characters die. And then the rest of the movie is about the Justice League. Absolutely. Uh, Batman makes an appearance. Um, Vince books him into oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't let, him, doesn't let him out of his contract. <laughs> Fuck. 
Uh, our, how's our, is our court-mandated banter running to an end? It's only four and a half minutes. That's like... We usually go like 95 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like, yeah, I, I got to go to bed. Evidently. We, which is what I always say, and then we go for two fucking hours, but we're not doing it tonight. Let's talk about what we talked about. We don't have to go in depth here. You came here around, what, 8.20? 8.20, having spent about 90 minutes trying to get you a spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's. Not my fault, necessarily, by the they, way. They dropped your spicy chicken yeah. sandwich. Let me just put the Wendy's location in West Orange, New Jersey on blast right quick. You were in West Orange? I work in Roseland. Quit your job. So uh, here's some really, really relatable content where we talk about <laughs> North Jersey geography for a couple minutes. The, that just happened. We already did it. Oh, shit. And you know what the weirdest thing was? What's up, brother? I think part of the reason that it took so long for them to get my chicken sandwich yeah. was that Thanos was inside the Wendy's in West Orange. And he was trying to take a to shit. But they were <laughs> Maybe they dropped my sandwich because Thanos was working, but he had the Infinity Gauntlet on, and he just couldn't handle the burger. He couldn't, right. Yeah, it was just, it was too small for his giant, meaty hands. How small do you think his dick is? Based on... His, his sorry. Based on his, <laughs> yeah. Let's sorry, sorry, Bob. Let's let's get uh, clinical here. Yeah. Not Thanos's dick or cock, mm -hmm. or or his 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 dick or cock, but his, but his his penis. And there's yeah. nothing funny about that word. No. <laughs> there's no. nothing funny about that word. That is a medical. You're a doctor. It's a medical. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> it's a, you're a brain doctor. It's a medical term. Penis? Yes. Yeah, it is. And and I'm sure the match that we're watching today. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay. Is <laughs> we're doing a very bad job. So this is this is part of my my ongoing uh, spotlight on women's wrestling. The reason we're choosing the show, in part, is because one of the participants, that is Miss Sasha Banks. Ms. Ms. She's Ms. She's Mrs. Well, her character is not married. Yeah, but Mercedes, whatever her name is. Mercedes Kestner Vernardo. Her. <laughs> she is married. She she yeah, she's married to a seamster. Not a seamster, which I wish he was. <laughs> like in the like, 2000s. Like Jimmy Jacobs? Like Jimmy Jacobs. Like Seth Eddie Rollins? Seth Rollins. <laughs> Seth Rollins is the most seamster guy I've ever. He's the most emo guy of all time. Yep. All of my friends in 2007. <laughs> We're in 2019. Seth, what are you doing? Seth Rollins is a million, a multi-millionaire, okay, mm -hmm. who owns a coffee shop. Still, this isn't taking back Sunday. Go fuck yourself. This is part of my ongoing series on women's wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's a couple of different distinct eras of women's wrestling, at least in the U.S. So there's the you know, and I haven't done episodes on all of them. There's the Fabulous Moolah era mm -hmm. from like the 1950s to the 1980s, which is characterized by this one weird lady who's maybe also like a pimp and a racketeer. <laughs> kind of having a stranglehold Moolah? on... Yes, Moolah. Moolah yeah. Having like a stranglehold on the entire women's wrestling scene in the US. And... That ends in the 80s, and then we have this sort of, we don't talk about it a lot now, but 
at the time that the first WrestleMania rolled around, we had Wendy Richter, who was, for a minute, as hot as Hulk Hogan was. Mm-hmm. And then I guess she ran afoul of Moolah and got... Blackballed. Yeah, got blackballed. And then, after that, things kind of go quiet for a little while. There's a brief revival in the late 80s with Sherry Martell, my heart, and Rock and Robin, who is Jake Roberts' sister. Do they get along? I don't know. Probably not. Um... And then things go quiet again. In the early 90s, we have the revival with Alundra Blaze and Bull Nakano, which I've done an episode about. Then things get very, very dark, maybe as dark as they've ever been, in the weird, like, sable evening gown match era. Yeah, it's 97, 98, Yeah, it's a very, like, we've got the women's championship being defended in, like, Pudding matches and gravy matches. The worst part about that, by the way, mm-hmm. those matches still went on until a few years ago. Yeah, that shit was insidious too because they had this idea that women's wrestling couldn't be athletic and couldn't be engaging and had to be a gaggy, sexy sideshow. Yeah. So. You have, like, the weird striptease matches and, like, lingerie pillow fights. Like, there was a year at WrestleMania where a lingerie pillow fight was the most heavily promoted women's match. It was, a, was that the Miller Lite? The Miller Lite catfight girls competed in a WrestleMania match. Yeah. That was a thing. And this era, they were trying to be raunchy and they were trying to be sexy. Yeah. And that was part of their, like, refuge and audacity. Sure. This was in 2003, 2002. Yeah, at the tail end of this. At the tail end where... Well, uh, kind of. Well, I'll talk about that in a second. I was going to say, like, I think the audience generally had moved moved past... Society definitely moved past it. Uh, wrestling is always a bit behind yes. on where society usually is. But they produced that match when, yeah, just there wasn't an appetite really for it. Right. So there was this period in the late 90s where it was all TNA. And then... In the early 2000s, you start to get the glimmer of something more mm-hmm. with China, with Trish Stratus, with Lita, Jazz, Jazz, Ivory, Ivory. You have genuine women's wrestling being showcased again. But even though, like I said, Trish Stratus and Lita, was Lita at that one? No, I think she was out. Trish Stratus and Jazz worked that WrestleMania, WrestleMania 19. Yeah, and Victoria also, I think. Probably. Anyway. It's hard to remember because these matches were not They were like important. two minutes long. Yeah. And the Miller Lite catfight girls got like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And they were right before the main event. So they start to showcase real women's wrestling. But they kind of have convinced themselves that nobody wants to see it. Mm-hmm. Even though they're getting diminishing returns on, like, the sexy sex stuff. Yeah. And the audience is getting tired of it, but they still feel obligated to do it somehow. And what happens is they decide to become a PG show, so they abandon the straight-up titillation that they're doing. And instead, what you get is, like, this weird infantilized sexuality mm-hmm. where they're doing things where they have women 
competing in jokey matches, and it's stuff like the Fulfill Your Fantasy Battle Royal, where it's like, one of them's dressed as a schoolgirl, and one of them's dressed as a snowman, and one of them's dressed as... And they're in there, they're wrestling an actual match, but they've been instructed to not try to shine. They've been instructed not to wrestle like men. Mm-hmm. So oh, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of... Um, I think it's, it's... It's either Paige or someone else during you know this era that we're going to watch where they were told, like, we don't wrestle like the guys, which is an insane thing to say to somebody. Yeah, especially because who was doing the coaching for these women? Dudes. And it was fucking Fit Finley and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. So WWE has two of the greatest professional wrestlers who ever lived. I want to say Dean Malenko, too. So this caliber of technical wrestler, they've hired and they have these women, they bring them on, they put them under the tutelage of these guys, and then management says, don't teach them to wrestle the way you would wrestle. So these guys don't even have the opportunity to pass on the fundamentals that they could be passing down. So it's this weird cycle where they bring on women, they don't train them to wrestle in ways that are exciting or that people want to see, therefore the women's matches are technically limited, and it's this weird self-fulfilling prophecy where people don't care about the women's matches because women have been trained to wrestle in a way that no one could possibly care about. I mean, the entire division was trivialized uh, from from the jump up until very recently. Their women's battle royals, you didn't need to be thrown over the top rope, which is a complete difference, uh, different standard to the men's rumbles. Right. In a, in a men's battle royal, you have to be thrown over the top rope. And I feel like in the women's rumbles, you could just like go under yep. or just fall out. And it yeah. was, so they didn't even trust these professional athletes yep. to safely go over the top rope and, and what land. Are you, and what are you telling your audience? Right, you're telling them that... This is an inferior um, division. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett would say an inferior species. Anyway, fuck Jeff Jarrett. We were talking about past WrestleManias, and you didn't mention it in this podcast, at least, um, the WrestleMania where Santina... Yeah. They, they, for those who don't know, they take male wrestler Santino Morella... Yes. Uh, do a storyline where he... Becomes Santina Morella. Yeah, he's pretending to be his twin sister. Yep. And he's involved in a bad, WrestleMania Battle Royal. I thought you were going to say WrestleMania Badminton. That that also. <laughs> I was going to say, that would be pretty tight, actually. Um, WrestleMania Battle Royal, uh, in which uh, one, uh, a match who wins, she wins, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And you essentially shit on the entire women's division. Right. And, and it's not, a Battle Royal, so it means like 20 other competitors have had and this is the biggest show of the year and this is the women's match at the biggest show of the year Mm -hmm. so you're taking all the work that these 20 professional athletes have put in over the last year and you're shitting directly on it to make a cross-dressing joke that's not funny in the first place so it's this weird self-fulfilling prophecy and the Santina stuff was what 2008? Uh, 2009? Crazy late. So like 10 years 
after they instill this this weird women are a sideshow attraction mentality mm-hmm. that really starts to become insidious with the in the sable type area. Yeah. I don't want to and I don't I want to make this very clear. I'm not blaming this on sable. It's or, not sable's fault. Or the or the women who were the focus of WWE television at that time. It was a decision 100% of WWE management on how they wanted to market the women in their employ because they had Jacqueline who is a fucking badass. Definitely. They had the tools to make a competent women's division and they simply chose not to because they decided that it would be more profitable to do a TNA thing. Uh, just talking about that one match, it was 2009. Yes. It was a Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal. Right. Not, it wasn't even to crown the women's champion. It was to crown this weird pageant queen Miss WrestleMania bullshit that never came up again. Which, by the way, there was not another women's match on the show. That was the only match. And in that match, I'm not going to go through every single one of them. Well, just give me the, give me the highlights. Tell me the former champions. You have Gail Kim. Former champion. You've got uh, Layla, who ends up becoming, becoming great. Yep. Champion. Uh, Melina. Former champion. McCool. Former champion. Mickey James. Former champion. Molly Holly. Former champion. Natalia. Future champion. Nikki Bella. Future, future champion. champion. Victoria. Former champion. And then there's Marie Bella and a couple other people. Future champion. Yeah. And Beth Phoenix is also in the match. Former uh, champion. Santina Morella mm-hmm. wins this match. By the way, this battle royal, seven and a half minutes. Seven and a half minutes featuring what, 20 people? Something like that. Yeah. I can't can't all of it, but yeah, about that much. Seven and a half minutes. Ten years ago. Ten years later. Ten years later, women main event WrestleMania. Now, that story started about four years ago. And we're going to talk about the beginning of that story tonight. Yeah. So, I'm going to do an episode about the main event of WrestleMania 35, hopefully pretty soon. But we don't get there without starting here. And I don't want to say that this is the absolute beginning of... I also don't like to call it the women's revolution because that's what WWE calls it. Mm -hmm. And every time WWE says women's revolution, it feels like it's capital W, capital R, and it feels like there should be a little TM next to it. Well, I'm sure that they would trademark it. Right, right. So it feels like a weird self-congratulatory thing on their part. So I don't want to use their buzzword for it, but I don't know what else you want to call it. Waking up from a coma? Renaissance. Renaissance. Let's uh, call it a renaissance. Awakening. Yeah. um, Epiphany. Something. Right. So this isn't the beginning of the rebirth or the renaissance. That really starts with the crowning of the first NXT Women's Champion, which is uh, Paige and Emma, mm-hmm. which happens at the first... It's not even TakeOver yet. It's NXT Arrival. Yeah. So that's the first time that NXT, which if you're still listening to the show, I talk about NXT all the goddamn time, but just to be clear, it's WWE's developmental system and it's where WWE tests out ideas that it will one day implement on a grander scale. So WWE wanted to see if women's wrestling portrayed seriously would fly. 
And they tried in NXT in, what, 2014? Yeah. Well, that's when the network launched, so yeah. Right. So, 2014, and it works. And you have Paige and Emma putting on this incredible match that sets the tone for the NXT women's division as a place where things where women are taken seriously as competitors. So it starts to build slowly. Uh, Paige eventually gets called up. Mm-hmm. We do Natalia versus Charlotte Flair. And then some other women show up to populate the scene. And those are the original four horsewomen of NXT. It's Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and the competitors that we're going to talk about tonight in great detail, Sasha Banks and Bayley. So we're here in 2014. You have these four figures. You have Charlotte, who's your champion. She is like a head taller than all of the other women in the division. She is an incredible, incredible athlete. None of the other ones can match her in sort of physical strength and agility and speed. When she's NXT Women's Champion in 2014, I think she's only been wrestling for like a year. She's basically a prodigy. Yeah, yeah it's absurd. It's like the Kurt Angle thing. What have you been wrestling for a year and you're this good? Fuck you. That's Charlotte. You have Becky Lynch. She hasn't struck upon her character yet, really. She starts out as like a weird river dancing lady. Yeah, she does. And then she becomes like a weird steampunk lady. Yeah. But she's good enough in the ring that it doesn't really matter that her character is a little bit spotty. Sure. And then you have Sasha Banks who has the character of the boss. And we're talking OG. She's still called the boss. Yeah. But today. This, this is a different type of, yeah, this it's way watered down and kind of meaningless at this point. Oh, but the NXT version, she is the ultimate mean girl, the ultimate deluded celebrity. Yes. Complete it, fucking asshole. Complete asshole. And it works so well. Self-aggrandizing, bullying, these weird stilted speech patterns. And also this undercurrent of, this weird undercurrent of insecurity mm-hmm. to her character. Which, a lot of wrestling heels don't take the time to portray that. But if you have a person like this, who is so outward about how much better they are than other people, that is a sure-ass sign that they are dealing with some major insecurity issues. And Sasha is saying she's the boss, saying she's the best, saying that nobody can compete with her, Mm -hmm. and she's essentially faking it until she makes it. And you see so often in these matches that she's so confident when she comes into it, and as soon as she gets into trouble, her whole demeanor changes, and you suddenly realize that she's out of her depth. And then she has to rely on her skill and her cunning to get back in control. And that's such an interesting character choice, such an interesting dynamic. And it's something that's been totally forgotten in recent years. But that's Sasha, sort of prime Sasha. I would say the peak of her character. Peak Sasha, right. This super insecure bully who's also super charismatic and super able to inhabit this character. And then there is Bailey, who started out as basically a fan. 
right? Her character was that she was just happy to be there. And she was just so thrilled to be living her dream of being a wrestler. And she was often naive and overly innocent and she didn't have that killer instinct. And she also had self-confidence issues, although hers were very, she was very open about them. Yeah. She often doubted herself. She doubted her ability to truly excel and truly succeed. And she was worried that she was going to plateau. You know, she had made it to one of the four top performers in this moment in time. But she was afraid that she was going to be an also-ran, that this was going to be as good as she ever got. Had a reputation as a choke artist a little bit. She had a number of chances to challenge for the NXT Women's Championship. She failed to beat Charlotte for it. She failed to beat Sasha for it. She kept losing right when it seemed like she was about to... Win the big one. Win the big one, right. And they really hammered home how heartbreaking these repeated failures were for her. Like, there was a time she brought her mom in. And these shows were taped in Florida. Full sailing. And she lives in San Jose. So she brought her mom in across the country to see her lose at the last second. And I'm going to call this episode, I'm going to title it, The Oldest Story. Because the oldest story in pro wrestling is the person you like versus the person you don't like. And wrestling is at its best when it's at its simplest, I think. And it's the oldest story, and we're still talking about it, because it still works, and it's still engaging. And if you have a character that is genuinely likable, people want to see them succeed. And if you have somebody who's really good at playing a shithead, people want to see them get their comeuppance. And this is a situation where both of these people are playing their roles so well. And for such a long period of time that they're building to this crescendo. And what is also building to a crescendo is the perception of women's wrestling within WWE. Because while these four are becoming these leading lights, right, we're also starting to see that these four are having fantastic matches with each other. They're also having fantastic matches with other women who are sort of on the up and up, on the you know coming up, and things are reaching a critical mass. But they haven't had their moment yet. They haven't proved that they can blow everyone's expectations out of the water. And that's what this match winds up being. The only thing I want to add to that is... Now, please add something to it, because I feel like I've been talking for 20 minutes. <laughs> the only thing I would add to it is everything you said is true. And one of the reasons we chose this match in particular is what is happening, what's been happening with both these performers the last number of years. Yeah, the and, the weird sad coda to this. Yeah, so uh we can say this to the end, we can tell it now. Uh but it should be you know, where this is uh May second, twenty nineteen that we're recording this. Um 
we'll see how this dates in about a year, but right now, um, Sasha Banks doesn't want to be there, by all accounts. She's on a sabbatical uh, from the company. She, I guess, requested a release, wants to be released. No one really knows exactly. Not critical mass or anything, but it is looking rough for Sasha Banks. It's looking rough for a lot of talents out there, but Sasha, after two years of mishandling, is the nicest way to say that. Say that. Yeah. Uh, Bailey as well. These are two characters who were in the match we're gonna watch. Fucking peak of their powers. Perfectly cast. Perfectly written. Perfectly, perfectly promoted. Perfectly promoted and perfectly acted. Now we're in a situation where Bailey is getting booed. Um, Who would boo Bailey? Um, in twenty four in twenty fifteen, knowing what you know about Bailey and what we're about to see, what kind of fucking monster would boo Bailey? And what kind of fucking monster books the boss as a baby face? <laughs> for t- like for a- the entire run, except for like a month, where she's been this like, oh I'm best friends with Bailey, which the defining trait of Sasha Banks, which we'll see, is that these two women are total opposites. Yes. The person yes. you like, the person you hate. Right. And you hate them because of the way that they think of themselves and the way that they treat other people. Bailey is positive. She is introspective. Yes. She thinks about her own she thinks about her own failures, her own limitations, and works to She's humble. She's humble and she works to improve herself. Sasha is trying to keep everyone else down. She's not trying to improve herself. She's trying to keep everyone away from her. And she is, she knows that Bailey has self-confidence issues and she knows that the best way to make sure that Bailey never beats her is to constantly remind Bailey that she's failed in the past. She is a bully. She's a bully. Yeah. Um, it is, I need to get this out. Um, the reason I think I hate wrestling uh-huh. Uh is because of the WWE main show, main roster, uh, simplistic storytelling. Well, they fail at nuance. And this feud, um, even I mean, at the end of this feud, in NXT, they become civil. They become like... They reach, yeah, they respect each other. Yes. They would ne- I don't know that they're ever friends. I don't think these people could ever be friends. Well, that's my point. Yeah. They get brought up to WWE. As like tag team partners. As besties. Yeah. Without, if you didn't watch this match, if you didn't watch their saga, they're just best friends. Even though on the surface, they're total opposites, which they are. Yeah. And you don't even have the story investment as to, hey, they worked to get to this point. Right. If you saw, if you were watching. NXT, and you watched the rivalry between Sasha and Bailey start out as one of total enmity and move through this period of respect and ultimately end with them on fairly good terms with each other, mm-hmm. and you're following this, you could see how down the line you could get to them as like fire forged friends. You know, they've been through so much together that they are, they're bound to each other, you know, and that would make sense. But WWE, complete, when they brought them up to the main roster, completely failed to tell the story of how they came to be friends with each other. 
So it's almost like this whole perfect, beautiful in its simplicity story of this woman struggling with self-confidence issues and finally winning the big one at the expense of the person who's been bullying her is completely lost. Yeah. You, you said simplicity or a uh, simple story and I said simplicity earlier. Uh, I said that you were going to say, well, not really. And I guess what I meant though is the lack of depth. Yes. And that this Just, is a simple story, right? Yes. Good guy, good girl. It's very easy to follow. Girl, bad guy, whatever. Um, it's easy to follow, but there's But depth, it makes sense. And it makes sense and there's depth. There's layers. Um, there's emotional investment. Yeah, which unfortunately for these two women... And I could make the argument about the two others, you know, the other horsewomen as well, that the they get called up, and any notion of that, it just isn't a priority. Right. They're, WWE is not concerned with preserving the character arcs that these that these performers went through yeah. on their way to the main roster. It's, it, this match is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fucking depressing. It's depressing. You know it is. I know. I'm, um, I'm already depressed. This match is from, uh, I guess, August 22nd, 2015. So this is after... Takeover Brooklyn, the first one. We're now on Takeover Brooklyn 4. Okay. We're old. Old All men. Right. Well, this is the one where uh, uh, Sasha's already on the, main, in, on the main roster. Correct. And that's, that's the other thing, too. I, I totally forgot about this. So, the four horsewomen of NXT. Yes. They're, they're like a package deal, right? They're intersecting storylines. They're intersecting rivalries and team-ups and intrigues and friendships and, and dramas. That has been the focus of the NXT Women's Championship division for like a year at this point. Yep. And everybody thought they were all going to come up together. And what happened? Kind of did. Um, well, they didn't because Bailey broke her hand. Is that why she wasn't up? That's why. Oh fuck! I forgot ba- about that. Bailey broke her hand. Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky all showed up on the same night. Yep. Leaving Bailey behind. Bailey's character has this fear that she's peaked. She has this fear that she's going to be left behind, and now. She is the only one of the four horsewomen who's being left in the dust. Yep. Sasha is the NXT Women's Champion at this point. She's going on to at what, at the time, we thought was going to be fame and fortune <laughs> and glory yeah. on the USA Network, right? Yep. On primetime television. She's going to go conquer the fucking world. And she says she's taking the NXT Women's Championship with her. Now, when... Paige, who was the first NXT Women's Champion, when she got called up to the main roster, she left the title. She vacated it. Sasha refused to vacate it. She said she was going to win, at the time, the Divas Championship. She said she was going to win the Divas Championship, and she was going to defend the NXT Women's Championship at the same time. She was going to take even that away from Bailey. You know... If Bailey was fated to, because of this injury, losing this opportunity to debut with the other three women that she's been working with for the last year, 
if she's fated to stay behind, then at least she would have the honor of being the focal point of the division going forward, right? She could be the champion who's a transitional figure. Mm-hmm. You know, she takes the torch and guides the women's division through the through the darkness as three of its biggest stars leave. Yeah. Except Sasha is denying her even that. I love it. Because Sasha's leaving and she's taking the championship with her. She is leaving Bailey with nothing. Bailey won't be able to be champion. She will never be able to prove herself. And it's like a fate worse than death. What a dick move! She's a bitch, man. She's um, the boss. <laughs> there anything else I want to say about this match? Uh, yeah. I love this match. It's awesome. I can never watch it with my family because they don't think women should be wrestling. Let me rephrase that. They don't think I should be watching women wrestling. That's right, because your family's from Saudi Arabia. That's close, actually. Pakistan. Hmm. Uh, my mother, anytime a, a woman comes on Raw or SmackDown, she's like, close your eyes. <laughs> I'm not joking. Really? 1,000%. Uh, any other thoughts about Sasha, Bailey, NXT, the four horsewomen, women's wrestling in general? Okay. Um... I think women's wrestling in the future is going to be absolutely fucking incredible. In space. In space. I think it's going to be on par with the men's um, in the next 10 years, definitely. Um, this is all dependent on one guy just giving up his position. But uh, to his credit, I guess, he they did main event. They made event wrestling. They are continuously portrayed to be, you know, Pretty serious uh, parts of the show. The fans have also... They they do falter occasionally. They struggle a lot with motivations other than jealousy. Yeah, so they need more women women writers, obviously. Even if they were better at writing this, the guy who's in charge... Yeah, it all gets filtered through the brain of a 71-year-old cartoon millionaire. Yeah, which you used earlier today. Yeah. Um, So I think women's wrestling is going to be lit. Um, you've got Becky killing it right now. Charlotte, but as much as I'm not really a fan of hers, kills it. Yep. Um, Bailey can re- kill it. Can kill it. Has killed it. Sasha's awesome. We'll, we'll see what happens with her. And you got NXT. And you've got, you've also got Asuka. Asuka. you got Kairi Sane. You've got Kairi Sane. You've got uh, Io Shirai yep. on the horizon who's, psst, don't tell anybody, Maybe the fucking best wrestler in the world. Uh, yeah, don't give it to Vince. Um, <laughs> got, I mean, we can go through the list, but like you got Candice, mm-hmm. you've got Bianca, you've got um, Casey Catanzaro. Casey, you've got who's, who's just starting, also. So yeah, and she's, she's gonna got, be great in like five years. It's mm-hmm. gonna be insane. You've got Tony Storm. You've got uh, I'm a big fan of Killer Kelly. I love Viper. Viper. You've got um, Rhea Ripley needs some seasoning, but she's great. Mm-hmm. Like, we can go on and on and on. Mia and, Yim, Bianca Belair. Yeah. Santina Morella. Um, <laughs> but this is this is so great because, you know, in 2009, it doesn't Hold matter on. We, who we, you have. We said, all, we said mostly WWE people. Can I also say Taya? Taya's great. Tessa. Tessa. Gail Kim. Yep. Retired, kind of, sort of. Allie's really good. Sue Young. Yes. You've got uh, Rosemar- Rosemary, you've got uh, Dark Alley Alley, whatever her name is. I also kind of like Britt Baker, who's I, I Dr. Britt did, Baker. She's a dentist. She's a real dentist. <laughs> and I thought she did really well in that four-way at All In. Yes. Uh, that all that four-way was pretty good. Yes. 
All right, so I guess we're just going to press play. Cool. Yeah. So we're watching we're watching uh, Bailey versus Sasha Banks from Takeover Brooklyn for the NXT Women's Championship, and we're getting Bailey out first. Now, hug me, Bailey. Yeah, yeah somebody's got to hug me, That's Bailey. A so we just watched the uh, the homework. We watched it. It was right before this. Uh, there were some things that. Uh, we should have talked about before, one of which is super fan Izzy, who's actually not here because she lives in Florida where... <laughs> she lives in Florida with her family and has to go to school probably tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, let me organize my thoughts here really quickly. So, Bailey giving out slap bracelets to the kids. She's got... The kids? She's an adult. That, you're right. That is an adult woman. Holy shit. Oh, sorry, lady. Uh, <laughs> Bailey's wearing the... Uh, the Dusty Rhodes polka dots. Yeah. Uh, she's got a headband and a wristband and a cast because we noted that the whole reason that she's still in NXT is because of that broken hand. Yes, ma'am. Now, what do you think of? Who do you think of when you think of white and gold attire? Uh, there's two people I think of. One is the White Ranger from Power Rangers. Uh-huh. And then Shawn Michaels' is last match. Shawn Michaels' last match, and the Iron Man match. The Boyhood Dream. True! But Shawn Michaels, that was right. Yeah, but Shawn Michaels, absolutely. And I oh, think, man, I never made that connection. Right? From Mania 12 to... Shit. So I think Shawn... Oh my god, this entrance, sorry. Yep, yep, so I'm sorry. I was making a point about uh, Sasha... Or, sorry, about Bailey wearing white and gold. Those are the colors that Shawn Michaels won at the climax of his... Uh, boyhood dream storyline where he won his first championship. So she's maybe trying to consciously put herself in that mold. Now Sasha Banks, the fucking boss, comes to the ring in an Escalade surrounded by giant dudes. Are any of these anybody? Uh, I'm looking intently and none of them... None of them are like Montez Ford or anything? No. No. They look like pretty nameless, faceless dudes. Yeah. These guys don't actually... They look like Rick Ross, though. Yeah, they don't actually look like wrestlers so they're probably not indie guys these might actually be bouncers or something yeah so like Snoop Dogg's friends like yeah so uh uh, Sasha Banks is Snoop Dogg's cousin by the way yes so who doesn't know I really do not want to objectify but I'm just gonna for one second the Sasha Banks character and swagger Uh is the hottest (laughs) I have ever seen on on this guy's green mugging so hard. <laughs> so these dudes literally picked up all like five feet and zero inches of Sasha Banks and placed her standing erect, just like put their hands under her feet and placed her on the ring apron. Interesting choice of words. Um, Fuck off. You said it. <laughs> um, as I was saying, though. Look the, at the look in Bailey's Bailey's face. So worried. Right now, Sasha is all confidence. She's giggling. She's on top of the world. Bailey looks nervous. She was, Bailey was enthusiastic when she came out, but now that we're getting closer and closer to the bell, she's worried. What if she fails again? Fuck. It's all just in the face. No, no. I know. And look at that. We're getting our, our ring announcements now. She smiles, the smile. Fades a little bit. Sasha is like the popular mean girl, and it's 
pretty astonishing. Yep. That little glide she does. Yep. It's great. She's got the uh, legit boss, like, knuckle dusters. Should be should be uh, noted. I don't think she's cons- she's called the le- legit boss. She's just called the boss. Which, by the way, makes way more sense than legit boss. This happens a lot when you go to the main roster. They do things. The vigilante sting! The artist formerly known as. Yeah. The artist or the rock star. Yeah. Oh my god. King of Strong Style is the best fucking nickname in the world. And they came up with two shitty ones for him. Okay. Uh, match is starting. Bailey looks very serious. Not so happy. Oh, I'm checking my notes and I've just got a sexy picture of Dr. Wagner Jr. on my phone. <laughs> Alright, so... Bailey, like as noted, Bailey is wearing the... The Shawn the Michaels dots. colors. And polka dots. And the polka dots. Yeah. And Sasha's laughing at her. <laughs> yeah, Sasha, I think, maybe is recognizing that Bailey's trying to embody the Shawn Michaels thing. Yeah. And she's just... Oh! oh take down. <laughs> she was trying to get... Uh, just trying to dress Bailey down, sort of. And, to, you know, you think this is going to get you anywhere. You think this is... This symbolic victory is going to do anything for you. And Bailey just... Shoots a double leg and starts beating the shit out of Sasha. And then, boom, elbow drop to the back of the head. Off the ropes, elbow drop to the face. And she is just blitzing Sasha. Goes for a pin, one, two, and Sasha escapes. Is there any meaning behind Sasha's outfit? Do we know? I don't think so. Um, It's a red, white, and blue motif. Yeah, it's August, so that doesn't really... It looks like almost American flag style. Uh, From time to time, she has done... Eddie Guerrero. Oh, did you know that her favorite gear. wrestler was Eddie? I did know that. I yeah. never even knew. Now look at this. Bailey is doing some straight up Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan shit, where she's getting thrown she's no into the turnbuckle. She's no selling. It's so classic. It's so classic babyface stuff. And here we go. Uh, Sasha gets hung up in the ropes. For the tree of woe. The tree of woe. Bailey runs and another elbow oh, drop wow. and. One thing that's amazing about Sasha is she's so slight that she can just fold up on bumps like that. It's fucking scary. It's very scary because she's very small. And Bailey probably has a good 15 pounds of muscle, like especially in her legs. Bailey has crazy lower body strength. Yes, as as a discusser. So... Sasha is in control for the first time, and she's bragging. She's shit-talking, despite the fact that she's really only been in control for (laughs) two seconds combined. Ah, arm drag. Keep arm drag from the top rope. Yep. And she gets thrown to the floor, (laughs) and she looks like she's... She's fucking pissed. Yeah, she's pissed because she's trying to pretend like she's in control, and she's not. So she's losing that psychological advantage that she had. She's trying to shit talk the crowd. She's trying to. <laughs> she was trying to stall, try to regain some uh, some psychological advantage, and she walked right into a drop kick by Bailey. She has been behind the eight ball this entire match, so she's able to take advantage here as Bailey comes through the ropes. And it looks like she's going to go up top for her uh, double knees, her right? double knees to the midsection. Oh, oh and she misses. Goes for a punch, misses again. There's they're trading hands here on the outside. 
And now Sasha's going for. Oh, she's grabbing the ponytail. She's go, She's grabbing the that top pony. Yeah, the, the top or side diagonal pony. I don't know what to call it. So she's got Bailey here going for a superplex. Bailey's fighting out of it. Throws her off. Yeah. By the way, we've seen like ten moves in this move in this match already that would not have been in a women's match two years before this. Uh, I don't think. I think this match would be over. At this point, if it was a... Uh, yeah, but women would not do superplexes. Yeah. Women would not do drop kicks through the ropes. Absolutely. And now uh, this where uh, Bailey takes that nasty bump, hits her, uh, hits her head and neck on the top rope, and then spills to the floor. And look, Sasha is... <laughs> she's mocking Bailey. She, she's mocking Bailey, sort of uh, yeah. imitating her... Her enthusiasm. In the hair, by the way. She did her hair in the pony. Yes. Don't know if you... There it is. Yeah, she found a fucking hair tie somewhere and gave herself a side pony to mock Bailey. Sasha is so good. And now she's in in control. And now she's hitting Bailey with the same moves that Bailey hit her with. Oh! Except she follows up with a slap to the face instead of that spinning elbow. So... Everything that she's doing, all of her strategy, once again, is based on making Bailey feel inadequate and making Bailey feel lesser than. Which is what I do as a therapist. <laughs> break them down. Break them down before you build them up. Down. Burn it down. <laughs> right, so we've got a uh, neck crank. Neck crank. This is better than a Baron Corbin one, but you know. Yeah. Well, Sasha Banks is not dressed as a waiter from the Olive Garden, so. That's true. Yeah, she's she's trying to wear down Bailey here. And she's grabbing the the side pony for leverage. That's so smart. Oh, we didn't mention it. We should probably give immense credit to uh Sarah Del Rey. Sarah Del Rey, yes, the uh the the woman who is the head trainer for the NXT women's division. A pioneer, some might say. Yeah. Sarah Death Ray. Sarah Death Ray. Yeah, but like the uh Essentially, the Brian Danielson of of independent women's wrestling mm-hmm. in the early two thousands, so or was or was Brian Danielson the Sarah Del Rey of uh, of men's wrestling in the early two thousands? I'm not going to answer that question. Food for thought. All right, so Sasha just had the uh, <laughs> had had Bailey in like a straight jacket yep. cravat choke, which is. I think softening her up for the bank statement, which is her her signature submission, submission maneuver. What a maneuver! <laughs> what a maneuver! Oh, so Sasha uh, has uh, has gotten Bailey tied up in the ropes, and she's going for that uh, that double knee drop again. Oh, but Bailey gets underneath oh, her. Nice, reversed it. Yep, and then Sasha. Oh. <laughs> Uses uh, uses her momentum to throw Bailey into the corner again. So there are so many inventive counters in this match, so many signature spots. You know, in the the late '90s and early 2000s, women didn't even have signature spots like this. You know, signature spots that aren't necessarily moves, mm-hmm. just sort of signature uh, counters or mm-hmm. just little physical idiosyncrasies. I would include I would include taunts as well. Yeah, taunts. Yeah. These are all part of the performance, not necessarily just 
moves are part of it because this isn't an actual fight. This is uh, this is stage combat. So yeah, I'm talking right over it, but. Right now, Sasha just hit one of her big moves on Bailey, and it didn't get the pin. And we got a tight close-up of Sasha's face, and it was such good acting. Because you can see Sasha's confidence fading. Mm. And it was confusion, and it was fear, and it was concern, and it's turned into anger now. Because she's an insecure person. She... She couldn't pin Bailey with a big move, and instead of just going back to the well with another big move, she started berating Bailey. Bad mouthing yeah, her. Yeah, bad mouthing her, telling her she was not good enough and she would never win. And Bailey took advantage of that distraction and countered. It's so now to be the shit out of her at this moment. Yeah. Yeah, she's beating the shit out of Sasha. Uh, Sasha then counters, throws Bailey out, and grabs that injured arm and yanks it through the ropes. So. We see another close-up of Sasha's face, and she looks concerned, and she looks panicked. The, the other word I wanted to use before is disbelief. Um, yes! That first shot of her, the tight cut, tight shot of her face, where, you know, it's confusion, it's anger, is also disbelief, because she kicked out of... Yeah, one of her big moves. Signature spots. And so, now, the broken hand. The broken hand that has kept Bailey from joining the other four horsewomen has come into play. Sasha ripped off the cast that she was wearing. You know, oh, Bailey needed to take, she needed this match because she needed this opportunity to beat Sasha and to slay this demon, right? To prove herself. And it had to be Sasha. Yeah. And she took this match despite the fact that her hand is still healing. And Sasha, because she's such a shitty person, has decided sure. to exploit the fact. And she's ripped off that cast, and now she's smashing the hand. She's yanked her into the ring by the hand, yanked her out of the ring by the hand, and then smashed the hand on the steel steps, stomping the hand now. Going to work on that. Yep, and now she sticks Bailey's hand between the steps and the ring, and... She's gonna... Kick it! Kicks the steps, sandwiching those hands there. That's a mini bronze shirt. Sandwich these hands. <laughs> and now Bailey's hand, we we understand, is probably re-injured, re-broken. Yes. So we can't hear the crowd, but I remember the crowd being quite hot. Oh yeah, the crowd the is losing their shit at uh at this rate. So right now, Bailey's on the outside trying to recover. The referee is stopping Sasha from continuing her attack. Sasha was getting ready to dive through the ropes at Bailey, and the referee was trying to block her. Holy <laughs> fuck! <laughs> yes! So, the, uh, Sasha bounces off the ropes, leaps over the referee, and wipes Bailey out on the floor. Oh my god. Perfectly. Uh, Perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, and now, but look how much that took out of her. She's. <laughs> Well, if you look at how she lands, she lands right on her head. Oh! She basically power bombs herself to, let's talk to about the floor. Sasha has a history of looking like she's going to kill herself. Yes, because she is so small. Yeah, look at that too. She, she, again, we see the face. All the confidence is gone now. Uh, she hooked both of Bailey's legs, mm. and she couldn't get the three. Because, of course, both of Bailey's legs are stronger than both of Sasha's arms. That's They're like five times the size of Sasha's arms. And now Sasha's holding her by the broken hand and oh, is baby. slapping her in the face. She climbs up to the top rope and... Oh! 
And she was trying to do like a lucha style arm drag off the top, and Bailey shoves her to the floor. So this shows that Bailey is maybe discovering that killer instinct that she didn't have before. That willingness to go to a place that's maybe a little bit dirty, maybe a little bit cheap, mm-hmm. if but it she's... means victory. You know, there wasn't anything necessarily underhanded about that, but that was an opportunistic Sasha Banks move yeah. that Bailey turned around on her. And in fact, it was very similar to the way that Sasha took advantage earlier in the match where she shoved Bailey and she, uh, she uh, took a header into the ropes there. So... Bailey is learning from her opponent. She's actively improving. And this is what Sasha can't do. This is why she needs her oppo- needs to keep her opponents down. Because Bailey is showing that she can improve in the moment. She can seize that opportunity. And look at that. She's fighting left-handed because her right hand is broken. She's swinging both of her hands together like a sledgehammer because her one hand doesn't have enough power left in it. She's... Whoa. Yeah, she throws her whole body into Sasha in the corner. She hits an elbow because she's got a bad hand. She's she's suplexing Sasha oh, oh, right into the God. corner. She's utilizing every bit of her physical superiority. She's being the powerhouse that she can be, that she should be. Yeah. She adjusts the side pony which is her signaling for the Bailey to belly. This is her finishing move. It's like when Cena touches the shoes. Yep. She goes for it, but her hand is fucked up and Sasha drops down. She can't quite execute the move. Oh. Sasha counters. We roll into the ropes. We go for a pin. Roll up. One, two, two, and... uh, Deadlift German suplex. Sasha counters. She rolls out. Ah. Grabs the bad hand, throws it into the ring, and applies... The bank statement. The bank statement. She's cranking back on that neck that she's been working on this yep. whole match. The crowd's going insane, by the way. You can the see The crowd's it. going nuts. They don't want Bailey to tap, but Bailey's already hurt her head and neck so many times, falling on the ropes before that cravat, the choke, and oh. Bailey's climbing to the ropes, reaching with her oh broken God, hand, yes. and Sasha stomping on the broken fucking hand. She cranks back. Bailey's reaching for the ropes. Uh, Sasha reaches out, oh, kicks, kicks back, back off the ropes. ropes. Oh, it's brutal. Oh, but Bailey, Bailey, but Bailey grabs her bank statement. Grabs her the bank statement. Sorry. Grabs Sasha with her own hold, but it's a. She can't quite get all of it, obviously, yeah. because you can see she can't. She can't pull back all the way on her broken hand, and Sasha is able to. Uh, is oh, able to get to the ropes. Rope. This crowd is losing their shit, by the way. I'm losing my shit. I'm here. I, I'm I haven't mentioned this before, but I'm at this show. I'm losing my shit at this moment. I'm watching this match in my room with my door locked because I don't want my mom to know that I'm looking at women. <laughs> Especially these women. That was creepy. <laughs> I'll cut that out. Don't worry. Please do. All right, so these two women are spent. Yes. Bailey's coming up. Picking herself up. Sasha's still... Yep. Sasha looks like she's out of it. Bailey goes to attack her and looks like she took a kick right to that hand. Sasha is so good. Very good at job. Bailey to belly. Oh. Plants her. One. One two. two. Oh. And Sasha doesn't even kick out. She, like, rolls out. Uh, I just saw someone in the crowd. Tamina. Part of Team Bad. Ah, that's true. She and, uh... And, um... Is 
Naomi there too? Well, they, they were all together, right? Yeah. They put all the uh, color people together. Yeah. Vince, thanks, too. So Sasha right now is... She's lost. She is... She's desperate. She she's just trying to stay away from Bailey, and Bailey's trying to pick her up just to plant one plant her one more time with another Bailey to belly. But it's like dead weight. Now, I don't buy for a second that uh, Bailey couldn't lift all sixty pounds of Sasha Banks. But here we are. So <laughs> Bailey lifts her up onto the top rope, and it looks like she's trying to go for that top rope Bailey to belly that she yeah. used to put away Charlotte. She gets thrown off, the and top. she gets right. Sasha's up there. Bailey. Far Looks up. like she's climbing up again. This this, this next spot. This freaks me the fuck out. Yep. Bailey goes for a hurricane rana, but Sasha. Oh my <laughs> god! Sasha counters, and uh, Bailey instead of doing a head scissors to Sasha, just lands on her fucking head. What the? I completely forgot about that spot. Yep. She just basically pile drove herself off the top rope. That's not smart, Bailey. And. And Sasha is at the top. Meteora. Flying, yep, Meteora landing right in the pinning position. One, two, and Bailey kicks out. And look, Sasha is, we said before, anger. We said before, frustration. We said before, uh, confusion. And this is just anguish. Definitely. Because she knows what's coming. She knows that she doesn't have anything else in her arsenal. She's already tried all of her biggest moves. She, I've never seen her do that Meteora before. And that didn't work. Same. There's nothing she can do to keep Bailey down. I think she feels Bailey, cli- Bailey climbing that mountain, Bailey becoming inevitable, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know how to deal with it. It's really just goddamn impressive that the acting that's coming going into this match. Yep. You did, we watch so much regular WWE, which has none of this. Yeah, and we see she's now. Taking Bailey up to the top. What the fuck is Sasha thinking she's oh going to do here? Please don't. I don't want to tell you what I think it is. So, this is summer 2015. Yes. Okay, this is the summer of reverse Ranas, isn't it? It is the summer of reverse Ranas. So, <laughs> so now they're both here on the top, facing away from the that ring. Was the neck from Bailey. Yep. To Sasha. And Bailey was trying to do a hurricane Rana. She's going to attempt. Oh my god! The reverse hurricane Rana. And oh, oh god. Whipping Sasha Banks backwards off the top rope. She lands right on her fucking head. Yeah. Bailey pulls the side pony tight. Bailey, Bailey to belly. One, two, two three. three. It's over. It's over. And everyone's on their feet. Uh, 2015 me has tears streaming down his face. I am legit crying watching this. I would be crying if my mother would find out. And I don't need that. <laughs> but yeah, my God. I remember watching this live. This is... A perfect match. Perfect length. Perfect story. Perfect story. Perfect pace. Perfect pairing of wrestlers. Yep. New NXT Women's Champion, Bailey. And Bailey's crying. I'm crying, or at least I was in 2015. Sure. A man with a Prime Player shirt in the back. <laughs> Love it. The people are just going nuts. People are like. Just pointing up at the sky. They're just fucking in awe of yeah. this. And now we're seeing some replays. We see Sasha saying, you will never, ever beat me. And gets kicked in the face. We see the the throw through the ropes. The broken hand attack. All of them. 
Yep, all of these brutal broken hand attacks. And here the the smash into the steps. The hand being smashed between the steps. Ah! And now I think the stomp. Yes, the bank statement with the stomp. This is when people just went molten. Yeah. Sasha was so over as a heel for stomping someone's broken hand in an unrelated submission hole. Yeah, I love it. And she kicks off the ropes. And, my God, this was all just perfect. We see the the belly to belly off the ropes. And the, the very close two. I was just Googling what, what's on Sasha's tights. Yeah. And she has the... the sugar skulls, it so, looks like. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know why. Um, it's not... Day of the Dead. This is August. No, that's true. <laughs> Oof. Fuck. Sasha definitely grazed the top of her head. Yeah, on she's needs she needs to work on that. <sighs> she's just dying on the Bailey to Belly. She's just getting flung into the. I love it. Yep, and I we just saw that close up of Bailey winning, and she just lets out this <laughs> scream. It's over. Yep. And we see the, the tears streaming down Bailey's face. And it's not anything dramatic. It's just her eyes are like missing a little bit. Yeah. And she has this smile on her face because she knows that she did it. She did it. It's not overdone. You know, when Shawn Michaels won the championship, he drops to his knees mm -hmm. and is like pressing his face to the belt. And I think Bailey's is under is a little more understated Absolutely. and it feels more real. And here we have uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch have come out to the ring to support Bailey, and uh, at least I can see Becky's crying. I don't know if Charlotte is. Charlotte is not feeling so. Yep, I think and, she's crying. Yep, and they're just they're hugging Bailey. They're enjoying this moment, and it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, not yet involved. Maybe she won't be involved, but uh, Sasha's not, <laughs> not uh, partaking in the celebration. Uh, do you not remember what happens, or are you being like... Um, I mean, I saw the picture. So this, is a, this is a very bad shirt, the Becky Lynch last kicker shirt. That's not a good shirt. Aww. And and here, Sasha comes in and, and hugs Bailey, and it doesn't feel disingenuous no. because... We just saw what these two went through together. Yep. And knowing what we know about Sasha's character, about this need to to prove that she's better than somebody, she lost fair and square to Bailey, and so much of that pressure is off her. Yeah. This is so interesting to watch. This is yep. there it is, the four horsewomen. The four horsewomen, they they hold up those four fingers and <laughs> we see these people we have to remember we're listening to the Bailey theme song which is like there ain't no stopping us now we celebrate on oh, the floor oh copyright laws you know we're ready to go you know we're ready to go <laughs> it's um really I love watching wrestling things like this because uh this is what only four years ago three and a half years ago yeah and four years they, they all look so much different yeah 
Becky's hair is so fucking orange. Yeah, it's not a human color of orange. No. Yeah, no. it looks like actual red hair now. Yeah. It's like it's like carrot orange here. <laughs> and it's so weird to think that this is the... I know this is about Sasha, but Becky becomes the man. Yeah, and she's, she's kind of an afterthought here. She wasn't even on this takeover card. She was on... She and Charlotte had a fatal four-way with Emma and Dana Brooke. On main roster? No. No, on NXT, sorry. At the, at the NXT uh, taping, yeah. Yeah. Man, that was good. That was fucking incredible. It fucking holds up! Five years on. I think that, I mean, that match is better than the main event of WrestleMania. I was there for both of these matches. I can confirm that Sasha and Bailey had a lot more emotional depth. Because, first of all, there was no third party awkwardly shoehorned in. If we had a one-on-one Ronda versus Becky match like we should have had, if it hadn't followed the Kofi Kingston-Daniel Bryan match, which was the emotional core of the show, and happened like two hours before that, and used the same basic story... That Sasha and Bailey did. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what hamstrung the main event of WrestleMania. And it felt a little rushed because it was starting at 12.30 in the morning. That's all. That's when all the best matches start, dude. Really? Because this one started at like 9.30. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, fuck, that match was so good. And you know what? That was... Fuck this. This match was the main event of this show. The main event... It wasn't the main event of the show, but it was. You know what I mean? The main event was like Joe and... No, the main event was Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens in a ladder match. Okay. I left. I left. It's fucked up, man. Why'd you leave? One, because... uh, Parking. But also, I did not give a shit about that after the emotional journey that I was just on with Sasha and Bailey. The Kevin Owens-Finn Balor storyline had no real emotional depth to it. And it was just going on laughs because it was the men's match. They would soon learn from this lesson. Yeah, the next takeover was main evented by Sasha and Bailey in an Iron Man match. This is why I said this match is the beginning of this renaissance. Even though the, the roots of it start with, as you said, AJ on the main roster and Paige and Emma on NXT... And they start to blossom with the four horsewomen. But this is where it galvanizes. This is where it becomes a thing. And this is where it becomes undeniable. You know, this is the point of no return. After we've seen women do this, we can't really ask them to do anything other than this. Yeah. It's so good. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's the, it's the best match I've ever seen live. And I have since seen... A number of very... I saw I saw the Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. I saw Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole in a phenomenal two out of three falls match for the NXT Championship. I saw Kazuchika Akata defend, or win, actually, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in Madison Square Garden. You also saw that. I sat right, I sat right by you. I saw WrestleMania. I saw... Kofi Kingston win the WWE Championship from Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. You saw Matt Taven. I saw Matt Taven, yeah, fuck.
Yes. But my point is, I have seen in the last few years, I, I saw also, I saw, weirdly enough, at a show in Poughkeepsie, New York, I saw Kenny Omega go 30 minutes with Phoenix. That was incredible. So, I've Northeast Wrestling? Northeast Wrestling. So, I have seen a crazy amount of high-quality wrestling live Mm -hmm. in the the years since I saw this match. And I still can comfortably say none of them comes close to the catharsis, the emotional release, the perfect build, the perfect performances, the perfect timing, the perfect promotion. Everything works and still works. Amazing. So it makes it, it makes it really sad to know where we stand. Now. Yeah, you had to be a fucking downer, didn't you? Yeah. Well, um, we we chose this episode. Yes. Or this match because of the the people in this match. Yeah. We, we referenced it before. We're four years, not even four years later. Let's be honest about this. A year into both of the well, from the moment Bailey gets on the main roster. A year in, mm-hmm. they've really screwed the pooch. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a couple years into Sasha, they screwed her up. Yeah. So the whole Bailey storyline in NXT is about her becoming a confident, capable, well well-rounded performer who is more than just somebody who's enthusiastic and positive. Who likes to hug. Right. Who likes to hug. So. They're saying, yeah, you can be an enthusiastic, positive, loving person and still be a, a tenacious competitor. That's the, that's the moral of Bailey's story. Yeah. And when she gets to the main roster, the story becomes, you know, Alexa Bliss. And this is not a knock on Alexa Bliss because she didn't write this. But somebody who is conventionally attractive and is coded as a character that's supposed to be a, a, she's sexy. Yeah, she's a sexy character, and she is pointing a finger at Bailey and saying, "You're not even a woman. You're just a little girl." And Bailey's standing there looking sad. Yeah. And then Alexa Bliss beats her repeatedly, repeatedly, and that's the end of the story. Yeah. And that's not the character that we built. That's no. not the journey we were on together. That would be like if you watched fucking 11 years worth of Marvel movies and you got to Avengers Endgame and it was all about Thanos having to take a shit. <laughs> Which did happen. Which did happen. But that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. This, all this work that we did and all this incredible work and all this good work was for naught, ultimately. Because the Bailey character became a one-dimensional version. You know... Instead of this character who, like I said, is positive, loving, affirming, but also confident and assertive and accomplished, you know, becomes, in the words of Michael Cole, she loves to have fun. It's it's, uh, so sad. Um, (laughs) She's a one-dimensional character. She becomes a one-dimensional character. And she doesn't even fucking win. Right. It's, It's one thing... To okay, we're you're gonna be the hugging person, and right? You're you're a kid. It's stupid, but okay. Uh, like have her win, <laughs> right? Right? And no, 
she doesn't. Right. Like, almost never wins. Right. Um, so the lesson that we learn is that it's not okay to be loving and affirming and positive. Yeah. If you are loving and affirming and positive, it means you're an immature baby. Yes. Uh, Which is exactly not why, you know, however many people, 30,000 people or whatever it is, were crying, like adults were crying, because they're like, it's okay to be a loving, affirming, positive person. You know, the world doesn't have to grind you down. The world doesn't have to take the joy and the love out of you. And that's what this match was about. And WWE is like, no, the world does have to take the, 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 the love and joy out of you. And, and, and you mentioned Coded earlier about Alexa. Coded in this is, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's not a huge part, but Coded is, and this is um, hot. Yes. Good. Pretty. Like, she's not conventionally pretty. She's Although, cute, they she's would say. She's cute. Right. Uh, I think you and I would agree, she's pretty goddamn attractive. Yes, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. All, like, all these women are. Yes. But because there's a guy. Right. Um, a 71-year-old cartoon millionaire. Yeah. Who, who loves blondes. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, 2019 WrestleMania. Uh, Becky's there. That's awesome. Yep. You've got the you've got this incredible rivalry between Becky Lynch, who's scrapped and fought for everything she's ever had. They put her against uh, Ronda Rousey, who has cultivated this persona yeah. of calling other people entitled, but acting very spoiled and entitled herself. Yeah, exactly. And it makes perfect sense. These two characters are total opposites. Yeah. The storyline writes itself. And we put a statuesque blonde in there because also. Yeah. Which, again, is not a knock on Charlotte. Charlotte is a fantastic she's, performer. She's very good. It was not her match. It was uh, not her moment. Now, keep in mind, two performers we don't mention in relation to that main event. Sasha and Bailey, Who are on the show. Yeah. They are... They get some, some bones thrown to them. Sure. They've both been... They've both been women's champion uh-huh. a few times. Uh... You know, Charlotte has been women's champion like 10 She's times like or whatever. Or something yeah, like. it's absurd in a couple of years. And Sasha has won it, I think, four times, and she never held it longer than like... She never successfully defended, defended it. Yeah. Right. And Bailey had it once for like a month, and then lost to Alexa Bliss, and then never sniffed the women's championship again. So, a couple of years later, WWE decides that they want to introduce women's tag team championships. And one of the things that they want to do is feature Sasha Banks and Bayley in this women's tag team division. Now, they also seem to want to break them up and feud them with each other. But they, for some reason, take like 18 months to actually debut these championships. So you have these two incredibly dynamic performers and they're just treading water in this weird friends that hate each other storyline. They go to like friendship counseling, which is not a thing, right? Uh, There's couples counseling. There's couples counseling, but they're not a couple. Well, they did kind of flirt with that idea. Yeah, weirdly enough. Yeah. Yeah, it was super weird. Like they spent 18 months throwing shit at the wall and I don't know why. 
they were just trying to come up with a way to string this, this partnership between them along until they could introduce the women's tag team champions because I think they wanted them to be the inaugural women's tag team champions. And so they win the, the women's tag team champions. Yeah. They're the first champions. It's a good moment for them. And it feels good. It feels earned because they've put in their time and they haven't had really anything to grab onto in a long time. So they come out and the first stop on their tour is NXT. They go to NXT, Sasha and Bailey. They're they welcomed this. like gods. Yeah. Because this is the audience that watched this match. This is the, ma- the, the audience that saw them grow as performers. And they are welcomed like they're fucking gods. And Sasha and Bailey say they're not just going to defend these championships on Raw on Ron SmackDown. They're also going to come to NXT and defend them there. And the people in NXT are like, yes. No one loves Sasha and Bailey more than the NXT faithful, right? So they don't do that. They lose the tag team championships at WrestleMania to the Iconics, who I also love. I think they're great. The Iconics are fantastic. And honestly, the Iconics would have also been a perfectly valid choice for inaugural tag team champions. They're a real team. They're a real team. And they make sense together anyway. The point is that apparently, and this is all scuttlebutt and rumor because none of us were there, but supposedly Sasha and Bailey were holding on to this idea that they would be the inaugural women's champions and that women's tag team champions and that they would have a nice lengthy prestigious run with these championships to lend some credibility to these to these championships mm-hmm. so that they really meant something so that the person who, you know the people who beat them would feel more important and so that their own legacies would be bolsters a little a little bit because they waited two years to be thrown this bone, or a year and a half, or whatever it was. Really bad booking. Yeah, they w- they put up with a lot of shit to get there, and they got their championships, and they got their moment, and apparently, on the day of WrestleMania, apparently, like only a couple hours before it was supposed to happen, they got the word that they were losing these championships to the Iconics. And apparently this was the last straw for Sasha, who on WrestleMania weekend asked to be released from her contract. And I guess WWE said, take some time to think about it. They didn't grant her her release. Uh, She went on vacation. She went on like a two-week vacation. Something like that. And she's still not back on TV. And it remains to be seen what's going to happen. Bailey, meanwhile, is back in singles competition. She had a banger of a match against Becky Lynch this week on SmackDown. And Charlotte last week. And Charlotte, yeah. yeah. So it's nice to see Bailey treated as more of a more of a threat once again. But it's hard to get past the the bad vibes around the Sasha situation. Yeah, I, I, will it get better? I mean, I don't know. I think eventually, yeah, you know, ten years. He ain't gonna live forever. He ain't. He can't live forever. <laughs> And he's Especially if you don't sneeze. He's at a football league in, <laughs> in about a year. So, 
I don't know. It's it's crazy to think of uh, the heights. Yeah. And now the lows. Um, any other thoughts about Sasha, Bailey, NXT, Women's Championship? Um, Thanos poop. No, no Thanos poop. The match was great. These women are great. Um, they can continue to be great if given the opportunity. But that can be said about anybody on that roster. Uh, the issue is that their talent selection, uh, their eye for talent, I should say, on the main roster, the stories they tell, the, the, the respect they have for the audience is, is really shitty. Mm-hmm. And it's been shitty for, I would say, probably two decades. Um, you know, it's, it's going to change eventually because the guy who's waiting in the wings mm-hmm. is pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and you know, it's, it's still a long time away. That's, I don't want to end this on a negative note. I just want to stress how good that match was. Because just like in 2015, the strength of that match convinced WWE to completely change the way it portrays women's wrestling. It can be that good. And the fact that it can be that good sometimes has to mean as much as the fact that it's not usually that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that that happened, and we can point to this, and we can talk about the fact that WWE allowed these women to be this good and to have a match this amazing is hopeful and encouraging. And I hope that someday this will be the norm as opposed to an exception. This has been (laughs) another episode of I Hate Wrestling. I want to thank my guest, Ahmed. Thank you. Thank you for coming and with the Wendy's and the Thanos poop. (laughs) Oh, did you enjoy the Thanos poop on the sandwich? No. I'm very tired. In the words of Dean Ambrose. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Plug, plug. Yeah, sure. Plug, uh, plug. My Bobby's World podcast is going to come out soon. I, I, have, I haven't started it. I was going to say, how many episodes have you recorded? Uh, 0.5. <laughs> um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I'm opening up my own private practice in October. In time for all in, too. <laughs> but it is, it, I will be doing that. Actually. Oh, neat. Thanks, man. You didn't really say congrats, but thanks. Well, congratulations, Thank also. Uh, Fuck off. <laughs> that's all I really have to plug, you know? And I, I don't, I'm not like a. You're not a creator. I'm not a creator. I'm not even creative. The three, I'm just fucking. I don't know, man. Well, I, when we do, when we, October rolls around, you'd be like, got the best couch in town. Yeah, my Wayfair couch. <laughs> Dude, don't ever buy anything from Wayfair. No, it's crap. They're so bad. It's uh, shit cheap, crap. Uh, what I will plug is another podcast I'm a big fan of. Yeah, sure. Uh, I love Saved by the Bell and uh, Go Bayside. 
with April Richardson. It's it's done. They've done every episode of uh-huh. Save by the Bell, the regular show, not any of the spinoffs. Uh, it's so funny. Uh-huh. I like to listen to it when I go to bed. Uh, I would recommend that. It's not really my podcast, but... It doesn't have to be your podcast. Yeah, I don't know. Save by the Bell. It's a great show. Also, yeah. Rami, Rami, Rami on Hulu. Good show. Hmm. It's about a uh, North Jersey Muslim uh-huh. millennial guy uh-huh. who's not very religious. Uh huh. This is interesting. Why, why does this speak to you? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not sure at all. But uh, is, he al- you... is he also a therapist? Does he like a spicy chicken sandwich from, from Wendy's? No, but he dates primarily white women. And that does sound to, familiar. Yes. And he went to the same college as me. Legitimately went to the same college as me. Oh. The guy who wrote the show and is in the show is only like two years younger than me. Hmm. And we went to the same college. So which means I definitely read by him. <laughs> but never knew. And we have five mutual friends on Facebook. So. <laughs> it's almost like he observed me from afar. Yeah. He fucking yanked your life story. One might call him the rustling observer. <laughs> Okay. Um, everybody, please, 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 please. Oh, fuck. Uh, thanks to Corinne Dodenhoff and Design My Lego. Thanks to the Novas for these, my theme song, The Crusher. All of you out there, please, I would love it very much if you would like, rate, review, subscribe, and comment on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Um, also, follow me on Twitter at IHWPod. And follow me on Instagram at IHateWrestling. Visit my official site at IHWPod.com. All right. You know what comes next. You know what comes oh, next. Oh, the, uh, the question. The end of the fucking show, man. Okay, man. Stop yelling. In the morning. Yeah. Well, this is... It's already morning. It is early morning. Um, the question's going to be... Yeah. If I was yeah. a wrestler, yeah. what would my name yes. and character be? Yes. Um, my, my gimmick would be a very scrawny, uh-huh. uh, mustache-clad, uh-huh. purple individual, okay, okay. <laughs> who has uncontrollable diarrhea, okay, and his name is... This is so hard to say. Uh, okay, what I want to say is Pantalones and Thanos together. Together. Pantalones? Yes, thank you. <laughs> and my, Why, and my was that? Why was that hard? It's just like I can't do it. I don't speak Spanish. And my my big spot. Yeah. Is a big uh, brown spot. A big thank you. <laughs> yeah. My pants. Touch up the pants. My pantalones, like whatever, go all the way up to my nipples. They're very long pants, and it's just I just shit, <laughs> and it, it seeps through. It seeps through the bottom. God damn it! It's white pants. And white pants. Oh, fuck. And you see just the brown oh, line. Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nighttime, I destroy the universe. Daytime, work at Wendy's. <laughs> I am inevitable.
<laughs> and incontinent. Definitely. <laughs> you should have gone for the turtle head. <laughs> uh, I really want to spoil that movie. So yeah, that's me. Dude, what the f- I was watching Seinfeld last night. <laughs> it's the episode- Topical. It's the episode where George has a What's woman over- What's the deal with prophylactics? Close. George has a woman over his parents, and they find a condom. Yeah! A, a prophylactic. <laughs> in the room, and- Yeah, it's awesome.